Welcome back to Conservative Conversations. I'm your host, Reed. And I'm Frank. Today we'll be talking about the awful terror attacks in Israel, and we'll be talking about some issues here on the home front. So let's get into it. Before we get started, listeners, I want to remind you to please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many other platforms. You can also reach out to us directly with some comments in our emails. You can find our email addresses in the show notes and description below. And to get started, we'll be talking about, of course, the most biggest news in the headlines this week is the uh, very tragic terror attacks in Israel. Um, At this point, it's believed there's... uh, Probably close to a thousand dead, plus nearly as many or more missing. Um, yeah, and there were Americans killed, weren't there? Or have yeah, been so um, far? the last number I heard was like two dozen Americans have been killed. Um, some more are still missing, and others believed to be uh, kidnapped, held yeah. hostage by Hamas. Uh, somewhere in Gaza. And, um, yeah, so it's pretty messed up. Israel yeah. at war is the headline. Well, it was a couple of days ago. <clears throat> uh, yeah, that they definitely declared war after uh, the attacks. That's for sure. I mean, who wouldn't? Right. Well, I think one of the interesting things that's come out of all this is, you know, like you just mentioned, uh, September 11th, in Mm -hmm. a way, um, I don't know if you did overtly, but we have seen other terrorist acts before, big things, and, you know, when America was attacked at 9-11, we certainly pursued who we thought you know, had orchestrated the attacks against us. Right. So, of course, it makes sense that Israel would as well. Um, You know, and the American president, Joe Biden, has been out saying that we back Israel. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure there have been other world leaders. I don't have a list, but I'm sure there at least probably are allies. Yeah, I mean, I believe uh, our government collectively with, like, uh, England, France, Canada, and... Australia, probably. Yeah, another couple countries like signed a statement or whatever, put out some kind of group joint statement, whatever you want to call it. Right. But I think one of the interesting things here with this one that I happen to be thinking about is um, it, it really highlights some of the things that have been going on in the recent past, um, like all of this mass migration for instance that's been coming up from africa into the european countries Mm -hmm. uh you know they've had a lot of trouble with that we've covered it on our channel Mm -hmm. Uh, we've had trouble here in the united states of people either overstaying their visas or coming up illegally over the southern border um there's just all kinds of people in these western countries who weren't here before Mm -hmm. yeah And one of the things that I just can't really wrap my head around is there have been groups of people all throughout the West, even right here in, I think, Dearborn, Michigan. They had a big um, 
what do you call it, like display or a big um, gathering of people who support Hamas. And they've been yeah. doing demonstrations all around the world in support of Hamas attacking Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they try to uh, just describe it as pro-Palestinian uh, uh, gatherings instead of just you know pro-Hamas. Which, you know, the news media is not going to call them pro-Hamas gatherings. When I just find it so stark, because I don't believe, even if there were groups of people who supported the Taliban or or whomever back in 2001, I don't think you would have seen these public displays in support of America being attacked. Right. Whereas now you're seeing it here with Israel being attacked. Um, and so anyway, like I say, that just boggles my mind. And Right. I mean, well, you even have some of our own Congress people, uh, most notably I believe it was Rashida Tlaib, who was being followed around by a reporter the other day, uh, repeatedly being asked if she condemns Hamas, and she won't even say, she won't say anything, even when being asked if she condemns Hamas beheading babies. The congresswoman still she doesn't say anything. She can't even find it in her to say, "No, that's terrible. I support the people of Palestine." And at least try to separate, you know, Hamas versus you know the citizens, if you will, of of Palestine. Right. But nope, she just keeps on walking doesn't doesn't say a peep so it's very uh i don't know what the disconcerting yeah disheartening uh many things lots of things yeah yeah that our own we have congress people that have been elected that you know i don't know what else to take from it other than this particular congress person supports hamas if she's not going to just come out and condemn it. All she has to say is no. Even if, you know, a lot of people on our side is probably not going to believe her. But at least she still says no. She condemns it. But she didn't do that. Well, and, you know, I hate to dwell on it, but it is sort of my angle here on this. Mm-hmm. But I knew something would eventually come along that would highlight how bad of a policy accepting all these migrants and these mass migration Mm -hmm. is. And I think it's this, you know, if, if a place, any place, it doesn't have to be Israel, but it happens to be, Mm -hmm. if a place is attacked and you have all these people who I hate to put it, but this is our channel. So I'm going to put it this way, who don't even belong in these countries cheering, you know, most of them are Muslim based Mm -hmm. as far as their faith not that that really has anything to do with anything but you know they don't fit in with the what's always been a predominantly christian western world right and for them to just openly cheer and mock right and jeer you know when when people are going through hard times or are being Mm -hmm. attacked because of their religious beliefs or or whatever their culture um it's just it's sort of terrifying and you yeah. just wonder if the immigration problem will stop now because it needs to be addressed it has to stop right. you can't just 
switch your entire country overnight mm -hmm. from a white population to a black population, from a Christian faith to a Muslim faith. Right. It, it's just not going to work. And there are people, there are people like Henry Kissinger, who I forgot was even still alive. Uh -huh. who have finally come out and they've said, even though it's basically been his life's work to be a liberal and to work on this migration and make these deals and get right. these um, cheap laborers into the UK and, and the US and other places, he's even come out now that he's got one foot in the grave and he's saying that this mass migration has been a mistake because right. in his words, it creates a, what is, uh, like a focus point mm -hmm. or a sort of like a, a bubble, a pressure bubble within the society. Right. And boy, are we not seeing that? I just wonder how bad it has to get here in America. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, already there since uh, you know, these attacks in Israel have happened, there have been reports about some of the numbers of people that are on the like the terrorist watch list or related type of list in our government intelligence systems that are coming across our southern border. Um, I didn't write down the numbers, I wasn't prepared to mention it, but I'm sure they're easily need to find articles about it. And so yeah, it's definitely concerning that you know, we could see more and more people uh, migrating from places where a lot of these, you know, terrorist or terrorist-sympathizing people come from. Exactly. Well, and as I've said before, you know, if there's an official list there's with an some unofficial names on list. it, uh -huh. then there's an unofficial list that's quite longer. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, if, if we know how many we've caught, there's certainly some we don't know that we haven't caught, as, as is the usual. Yeah, well, and it's very terrifying. I mean, and there are other reasons that this is terrifying, mm -hmm. but, you know, we've we've been funding this war in Ukraine, right? which is now about to take a back seat to this war in Israel. Yeah. <clears throat> We're going to be funding, possibly, hopefully not, but we might be talking about boots on the ground, sending more armament, more mm -hmm. weapons, more... Definitely more dollars. You know our dollars are uh -huh. going to be being shipped to Israel. Well, if you're Lindsey Graham, you want to go bomb the Iranian petroleum plants or whatever, nuclear plants, whatever heck he's out there saying. Exactly. Because he's Lindsey Graham. He, he, there's not a war he doesn't want to get into. That's right. Which is scary. It is scary. But oh, yeah. you know... Right. Go ahead. Otherwise, I mean, but it is. It's scary that we're having trouble even forming consensus in our house. Mm -hmm. We have no leader right. in our house. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's another senator, Senator Rand Paul. You know, he always harps on about fiscal mm -hmm. responsibility and everything. Right. And, and he's out there saying, as he always does, but mm -hmm. you know, we we can barely fund Social Security as it stands now. Right. We can barely fund Medicare, Medicaid, let alone the litany of liberal, uh, you know, policies and programs uh -huh. that are out there or that they want to create. The forgiving student loan debt and uh -huh. all this stuff, giving black people reparations and all this crazy Looney Tunes stuff that they right. talk about. 
<clears throat> so I'm scared, you know, not like deathly scared or anything, sure. but I'm scared in several ways because it just seems like there's really a lot going on mm. and a lot of implications of worse things to come. I mean, at least for us. Right. Yeah. Um, and this just kind of builds on top of the ongoing foreign policy failures of the administration. I mean, first, you know, maybe not first in order, but first as far as one of the biggest ones was is the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Well, absolutely. I mean, that made us the laughingstock of the world. Right. And then now you have this, which obviously I'm not trying to suggest that Joe Biden and his administration could have stopped it in any way, but I'm sure trying to appease the Iranians did not help any, and you know, and all that, because there's mixed reports about how much Iran's been involved in, you know, the attacks from Hamas. Well, I know from pretty reputable sources that are out there. I mean. I'll just reference it this way so that I don't, I'm not directly quoting anybody, but there has to be good information. I mean, as much as a warmonger as Lindsey Graham is, Mm -hmm, there has to be pretty good intel that Iran was aware or is somehow involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially if he wants to go bomb it. Mm hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. It's it's sounding like it's going to be a war on three fronts. Yeah. I mean, that's all we need is more distractions on our plate because, you know, Russia might not be our biggest threat, but there's certainly, a, you know, something to be concerned about. So we're trying to deal with them and Ukraine. Now we got, you know, trying to help Israel. And meanwhile... When dealing with the Gaza Strip. Yeah. Because that's going to be one of them. Right. And then Iran. Yeah, that, but I'm trying to get you. Meanwhile, you got China. I'm oh, sure yeah. they're... You know, rubbing their hands together and saying, oh, good, oh, good. You know, they're even more distracted. They got to help out with the Israelis. And what, what, how can we take advantage of it? I'm sure it's on their mind. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure you're dead right. Yeah. Dead on on that. <clears throat> it yeah. just, and it, what's really one of the concerning things is, you know, it'd be a different matter if we had our house in order. Yeah. Not to be a little on the nose, but. Figuratively speaking, we do not have our stuff together here right, yeah. in, in the United States. No. So the idea that we're going to act with a you know common reaction—it's uh-huh. not like the whole nation. And this is part of what I was saying. You know, you're seeing groups that support Israel and mm-hmm. groups that support Hamas and right. groups that support the Palestinians and right. so groups how's, that... How's the country as a whole even going to support our government in supporting whatever it might be if you got all these people who are against you know, helping Israel? Exactly. And we can't even get... You know, they barely got that funding bill through mm-hmm. the last one. That only kept us alive for, what, 45 days. Yeah, they well, just, now we're down to 30 days of it left. Uh-huh. And there's no speaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like we're barely keeping ourselves together here right? at this point. I mean, as we were getting ready to record, I saw that Jim Jordan did get the nomination amongst the Republicans behind a what they call it, a closed-door vote. 
Um, and I'm, I feel like if we don't get a, a speaker back in place soon to get, you know, order back up and running, it's, I feel like there could be prime opportunity for other groups to strike while the iron's hot. Because the longer, you know, we're, our government's disrupted by not having the speaker, uh, you know, what, what what can we do? There's not much we could do. And um, we're, we'd be totally distracted trying to get all this stuff resolved. Well, not only that, but you think about how important the speakership is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a constitutional position. Yeah. He's third in line yeah. for the presidency, for goodness right. sakes. You think that the House would easily be able to just put somebody in that position. Mm-hmm. It's important. Yeah. It should be their biggest priority right now until yeah. they have somebody seated. Right. <clears throat> exactly, yeah. So I just don't know. You know, it, it definitely sucks for Israel. Oh, yeah. It's horrible. It sucks for the Americans that are there. I mean, if you really listen to some in-depth coverage about all that's going on, I mean, it's it's hard not for it to bring tears to your eyes because, you know, I've heard several people talk about, and you'll rarely hear anybody say this, that this is almost worse than the Nazis because they at least tried to hide what they were doing to the Jews. But Hamas just did it out in the open in a lot more barbaric and savage ways. But of course, that's, you know, everybody will probably feel differently about that kind of statement. Well, I don't, and I think you hit the nail on the head using a word like savage, Mm -hmm. because like you're saying, you know, I hate to almost repeat it, but you're talking about decapitating babies, raping women in public, parading Mm -hmm. them around naked. Yeah. I mean, it's just terrible things that are going on. Nightmarish, completely nightmarish. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's... I mean, it's been more than just a singular attack. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, you know, I, a lot of the, the sad part is, you know, you, we, of course our hearts immediately break for the Israeli people, but there's still innocent people in Gaza that Hamas controls that are going to be, you know, gravely affected by this too. And to some extent, it's... You know, I was talking about the average person there. It isn't their fault because Hamas, as like the government there, brainwashes them. Because there is video of like 12-year-old, 15-year-old boys taunting a little Jewish boy who's like five years old, telling him to say the Hebrew word for mommy over and over. Because presumably, because his mom's not in the video, she's probably dead or missing yeah and these these you know the palestinian children are taught to do that certainly and you know so they grow up being taught to to hate the jews that are on the other side of the border and uh that's unfortunate for them well it's a wise point that you're making Mm -hmm. you know that not all of them of course Right. Not all of them feel the same way as Hamas, and, mm-hmm. and they're in a tough position right. themselves. 
you know, it was somebody who knows the geography of, of that area much better than me, but they were, and, and they're on our side, they're a conservative person who was doing this commentary, but they mm-hmm. just happen to know the geography very well. And they were talking about Israel striking back. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, you know, I guess there were some civilian casualties when Israel striked back. Right, yeah. And Israel's defense was, well, we told them to evacuate. Mm-hmm. Well, where, what are they supposed to do? Get in the ocean and swim? Because if you look, if you know right. the geography of Gaza very well, I mean, it's like they don't have a lot of options as to right. where they're going to go to. I've heard they've been encouraged to try to go to Egypt, but I don't think Egypt wants to wants to take them. No, because you know I've heard you know, this kind of gets really into the weeds of the issue, but I've I've heard before in the past uh, that Israel has tried to even give the land of the Gaza Strip to, to Egypt to, right. for them to, you know, manage or whatever. But they don't want it. Right. Nobody wants them. But, that's, you know, like I said, it's really getting further into the the more historical side of the Well, and that's issue. one of the things about this particular thing is, you know, that area has been warred over mm-hmm. and warred over and warred over forever, eons, right. centuries. And... You know, it's very complicated, and, and mm. to just deal with it in broad strokes or with callous right. statements right. is, of course, not okay, but, you know, I kind of get where some people are coming from. You know, sure. Israel gave up the Gaza Strip yeah. so that there could be a Palestine right? in the name of peace. Yeah, uh, you know, and Israeli and any kind of Jews haven't lived in the Gaza Strip since, like, 2006. Mm-hmm. Something like that. It's been a while. So, I mean, when certain people, you just callously say, well, they should, Israel should just bomb the bejesus out of the Gaza Strip, no. blow it off the map. Well, I kind of get where they're coming from. It's not an easy or nice thing to say. Right, yeah. But I kind of get where they're coming from. And, and also, I just would like to add on that point, if... The people of the Gaza Strip, the government, Hamas, mm-hmm. if they're going to take aid to do dirty deeds from mm-hmm. Iran, right? maybe they should think about their geography. Yeah. They're an awfully far distance from Iran. So, you know, don't you feel, wouldn't you feel, if you were Gaza, that you were just being set up as the fall guy? Yeah, I mean, I'm... Even heard of like a lot of the Hamas leaders like to hold themselves up in uh, Qatar. They don't even stick around and live in that in the area, or mm-hmm. are often not there, from what it seems like. Which is no surprise. That's usually how you know dictatorships and stuff like that go. Right. Um, well, it's just it's complicated. It'll right. be very interesting to follow this and mm-hmm. see. My my biggest question is going to be how involved is america going to get yeah that's my biggest question but Mm -hmm. it'll also be interesting to see how far israel is willing to push this Mm. uh in the rest of the world right you know i'm sure un's going to be involved at some point yeah yep definitely it's uh 
you know, it's just getting started. I don't even know if they've officially, officially have started their, uh, what do you call it? Ground invasion. I don't know. Like what. deployments or something. Yeah. Like that, yeah. There's some term I'm trying to come up with that's not hit me at the moment. But yeah, it uh, will be ongoing for a while, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, it's oh, it's a quagmire over there, yeah. and always has been. Yeah. You know, and just when you thought stuff was turning around over there with these Abraham Accords during the Trump administration, and this has certainly thrown a wrench in the gears of that. Well, that was one of the crowning jewels in his presidency, mm-hmm. in my opinion, was yeah. those Abraham Accords. And it just shows, that's another thing, sort of like the mass migration, is it's another tell mm-hmm. of just how bad things have been going, just right. how bad the, our current administration is right. in repealing or ignoring everything that Trump did. Mm-hmm. Because he got closer to peace in the Middle East than anybody else has in the modern times. Right. <clears throat> and then, you know, how far into we are we with Biden? Three years? Yeah. And it's like everything's been undone and what the world has been dreading yeah the world's coming undone yeah what the world's been dreading since the fall of germany you know in the second world war is happening right yeah you know and i don't usually like to play the game of you know like you know if trump was the president this wouldn't have happened because that's you know it's unfalsifiable you can never really know Right, but you know, based on the policies and how things are going up until now in this administration, it certainly make would lead you to believe that this probably would not have happened. I don't believe that it would have happened, right. and I also right. believe that this Ukrainian issue would be over. Yeah, right. Um, I I think so too because I can imagine Trump actually has an idea of how to end it, whereas Joe Biden, so far, as from as it seems, has proposed no solution. It's just... Well, it works well, better to their advantage that it stays a quagmire. Right. They're just going to keep on supporting Ukraine until... It, it, I'm trying to think of what Joe Biden said. It, until they have to, until they... I don't know, whatever he said. Indefinitely is not what he said. Indefinitely, yeah. But they're they're planning on it as long as it takes. That's what he said, I believe. As long as it takes, they're gonna help Ukraine. And you know, I, as much support as we're giving to Ukraine should be as the same to Israel. Uh, I think I might phrase that better. We we should give the same amount of support to Israel that we're giving to Ukraine. I would say, if not more, but if not more, but that's probably a matter of opinion. Well, the only thing that I have to add, I'll try to just wrap this up and end it sure. on a, a lighter note. But, you know, you were talking about the Rashida Tlaibs mm-hmm. and the, oh, what's the other one from Minnesota? Uh, Ilhan Omar. Ilhan Omar. Yeah. You know, we're talking about these types of people. And that's one of the troubles, too. Uh, you remember John Fetterwoman? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I just heard I saw a quote from him saying that we're not sending our best to the Congress or something like that. We are not sending our best and brightest up yeah. to D.C. 
You heard coming first, from folks, one so. of the dullest and dumbest in DC. Uh, and that just blows my mind. Right. You know? And it, it all seems to sort of be on one side. I mean, we have some of our own sure. duds, you know, but most of them seem to be on one side. Mm-hmm. And for John Fetterwoman to sit there and say it himself, right, Mister Stuttering Dud, uh, we're not sending our best and brightest to DC. That's why nothing gets done. Well, you're really breaking some news there, Fetterwoman. Yeah, and then just to uh, touch on it and finish with a laugh, but there's another one of them. You remember Jamal Bowman? Does that name ring a bell? Oh yeah, the the guy who can't read fire signs. Oh, he could read them all right. Don't let him fool you. Because I looked into that one quite a bit. <laughs> uh-huh. It was just too funny to me. Yeah. But there were plenty of signs uh, that yeah. said fire alarm, do not exit, fire alarm, do not exit, whatever. Right, yeah, I've heard. He took the signs down. Uh-huh. Didn't realize he was on video. He took the signs down so they weren't up. Then pulls the fire alarm because he's thinking... It's easy to see what he's thinking. Uh-huh. If the fire alarm's going off in the building, it'll be okay if I exit through this emergency door uh-huh. that I'm not supposed to go out. Yeah. Instead, of, he takes all that time, takes down the signs, prepares himself, pulls the fire alarm just to walk out the door. He could have gone and found a different exit in that time. Yep. Yep. Definitely could have. But uh, no, he pulls the fire alarm. Well, then, there's one more thing about that. Did you see there's an AOC character? She went out defending him, this Jamal Bowman. Did you see that clip? Um, I may have. Well, I believe it was on CNN, our favorite news uh-huh, channel. Uh-huh, one of them. And uh, they even gave her pushback. She's sitting there trying to defend him. And she says, well, if you see the sign that was uh, posted, it, it actually is kind of confusing. you know. Oh, yeah, I think I did. I think she was on Jake Tapper when the, when the Tapeworm, guys. yep. Yeah. Sure thing. Jake Tapeworm. <laughs> and uh, he, he even pushes back uh-huh. on her. He's sitting there. She's saying, you know, it is confusing. And, and if you just think about what was going on, you know, they had just changed our schedule and and some days this door's open, but today it wasn't, and he needed to go somewhere to vote. And Tapeworm just cuts her off and says, so he pulled the fire alarm? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just, I wanted to end it with a laugh, but, but this is what we're dealing with. We don't have a Speaker of the House. We mm-hmm. have absolute idiots in Congress. We have activists, not Congress people. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting point to put on it, yes. We have activist congress people um and i don't know what we're marching towards uh uncertainty Mm -hmm. that's for sure yeah um going back to john fetterman real quick i really wish i could remember specifically what he i heard him say the other day while he was speaking on the senate floor but um he actually said something i liked i think it had to do with maybe farmers or china or Something like that, where I thought to myself, that old phrase, a broken clock could be right twice a day. Hmm. Um, I really wish I could remember what it was, and since I uh, don't, I probably shouldn't have even brought it up, but I just want to say, you know, and 
for all the uh, crap we give him, poking fun at him, uh, he he has said something recently that I uh, I found agreeable. Well, I agree with his statement that we're not sending our best right? to DC. Yeah, well, there you go. I just think it's on the nose that it's coming <laughs> from him. Right, yeah. Of course. True situational irony. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> the other thing, just since we're dwelling on him, one last point is sure. I did see that the Senate officially changed their dress code mm. to accommodate him. Um, I feel like I heard they changed it back. Well, since originally trying to change. Maybe it the to news I him. saw was that I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't aware that they'd even changed it in the first place. But yeah. hmm. I just couldn't believe that. And again, it's like for the Democrats, right? Yeah. I mean, it just is crazy, right? We've had decorum since the country was founded, but then oh, this guy, you know, he always wears that hoodie. It's his thing. So uh-huh. we'll just. Change the rules. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's silly. It's, and we're dealing with silly people. Yep. Um, and speaking of silly, um, my one other topic, because we both had uh, the Israel thing as our topics, uh, but my one other topic, uh, the government and the, uh, what do I call the Equal Employment Council or whatever, um, Whatever body of government makes silly employment laws, they got a new one where um, it a it could be considered harassment if um, an employer and employees um, don't use the proper pronouns for somebody's preferred identity. And not only can uh, the company face punishment if the uh, employees or the employer are harassing this uh, person with the pronouns that they've decided to use, it can also be uh, fined or whatever if the employer does not properly address Customers use not using the proper pronouns. What a farce! Yes, that exactly. won't stand. No, well, and uh, there appear to be no religious exemptions for it either. So it's definitely will go go to the court. Well, we've been headed this way for a while. Yep. But thank goodness, unlike in Canada, we have a First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Unlike everywhere else in the world. That's right. And you cannot compel speech. Yep. No edict from any federal department mm-hmm. can force me to say things that right. I don't want to say. Yeah, and um, Justice Alito had already mentioned this issue in, I forget the exact case name, it was Bostock, V something another. Uh, it was a more recent case where... They decided that um, sexual identity is part of Title VII, um, along with, you know, you can't discriminate on the basis of sex and other things. Um, But yes, uh, when that case was ruled, Samuel Alito uh, actually pointed out in his dissent that uh, 
you know, government can't con compel speech uh, in that kind of manner. So yes, I'm sure we will see this come up to the court again. And you know, um, I originally heard this from um, uh, the, the Morning Wire. They had a little segment on it, and one of the things that was mentioned, which of course is true, this is just going to impact hiring practices. If you're worried about transgender people getting jobs now, wait until this law is enforced. If it's not already being enforced, because I can't remember if they said it's gone into effect yet or not. People aren't going to want to hire anybody who identifies as some other gender. Just to avoid the headache and hassle of possibly being sued because they're supposedly harassing their employee by not using the right pronouns or whatever. Well, I can tell you, you know, I'm not going to sit here and disclose the kind of work that I do, but I can tell you I've seen this pop up in the kind of work that I do already. Mm -hmm. We have some of these they-them types of people, mm -hmm. you know. And what I do in my work is I write a lot of reports and sometimes on particular individuals. And... I have a, a member of my staff who, for whatever reason, chooses to refer to people in a third-person pronoun. Uh -huh. Like, instead of using he or she, they always say them. Oh, okay. So they'll establish the person, the proper noun. We'll say Sarah. Right. But then instead of saying she, she, she in the following, you know, sentences. Right, yeah. <clears throat> they say, they, they, they. Uh-huh. And it's very confusing to yeah. read. It doesn't make any sense. Right? I mean, because most often that's a plural pronoun. And, and not only the third person. So, and that's just, this is what one person chooses to write. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, and it needs to be addressed, but... Why they choose to use the third person, mm. I don't understand. Right. What's well, third person plural is what I truly don't understand. Right. <clears throat> but then just imagine when these people are using these made up. Right. There, that was another thing that they mentioned in this little uh, segment from Morning Wire. They called them neo pronouns. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a little like. Like the Z, Zims, Zers, whatever, right. whatever people make up. When what I love, you know, I studied a lot of language, mm -hmm. and that's what this is going to come down to, you know. Right. I mean, I hate to go all Jordan Peterson on, on this, but <clears throat> you can't force a language. You can even look into this if mm -hmm. anybody's so curious, but they, they, there are people and groups who have tried to invent languages before. They don't work. Because the thing that dictates a language is use, mm -hmm. common use. Right. And one of the things that worries me about all of this is, yeah, let's say we adopt all this Zimzer, ZZ craziness uh -huh. for a couple of years. It's not going to stick. No. Then imagine going back and trying to read something from this era. Right. It's not going to make any sense. It barely makes any sense now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if if this does get challenged, I can imagine very likely it gets struck down by our court. Oh, absolutely. Any reasonable person would, any right. reasonable judge would strike this down. 
Right. I mean, because, you know, we're, we're living in the modern era where there are plenty of people who support this kind of stuff. And I will bet you, you can go find an employer who will call you whatever pronoun you want. You just got to go find them. Well, and that's exactly right. And one of the things that I would caution those types of people about is if they want grace or credence from somebody, mm-hmm. they need to give grace and credence right, right back. Yep. yep. Getting somebody to adopt a language that has been, I mean, excuse me, but to uh, alter a language that has been in existence since 1066 mm-hmm. is crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> right. And and go back to the whole compelling speech thing. How I don't see how it would be even especially when it comes to the 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 customers. How can you really hold an employer responsible for how the customers treat uh, your employee. I'm sure you can to a certain extent, you know, maybe by... Please don't curse at my employee. Right, yeah. If if the employer somehow is fostering, you know, a bad environment, I, I could see that. But in general terms, it, I don't see how you can do it. It makes no sense that you're going to be able to control your customers on how they speak to your employees but see that's what this is this is right, an that's attack what, exactly. on common sense right. and that's why i used that exact word i said any reasonable mm-hmm. judge would throw this out it doesn't even have to do with party affiliation or right. whether you're a liberal or not this is just unreasonable yeah yep but uh potentially coming to your employer near you new um regulations on pronoun uses in the workplace so keep an eye on that (laughs) here today gone tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, but uh that's that's all i had for my one second topic yep and that's all i had too oh all right then well that's uh that seemed to go by pretty quickly and uh Definitely, it was a great conversation, I thought. Flowed along pretty well. And um, definitely a lot to talk about. Well, and and we'll be following it in the coming days. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And hopefully by our uh, next episode, we'll have a Speaker of the House so we can talk about who that is. (laughs) Maybe it'll be Jim Jordan. From the great state of Ohio. That's right. Maybe it'll be Kevin McCarthy again. That's being floated around as a possible uh, scenario. Who knows? But uh, you can let us know what you think or who you think the speaker will be by sending us an email. You can check those email addresses in the show notes. And be sure to subscribe on your favorite platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can also subscribe to our audios on YouTube and Frank, it sounded like I was cut you off a little bit ago. Nope. 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 Okay. Well then, be sure to do all that. Subscribe, like, comment, and as always, we thank you for listening. <laughs>